Hi, and welcome to the Drawing Inspiration Podcast. I am your host, Mike Henley. Episode 13, Mushrooms, Journals, and Inktober with Joe Brown, aka Bernoid. Before I get into the interview, here are a few quick updates over the past couple of weeks. I'd like to, I think, first thank you all for following, for listening. I've received so many messages of encouragement and thanks uh, for the podcast. I I was just blown away, and I'm so happy to hear that this is having an impact on you and the art that you're doing, and I thank you so much. So I do this podcast because I am passionate about art and about motivating others to draw, paint, and create. And I am so happy that I'm having a positive influence on you and what you're creating. So thank you. Keep the feedback coming, and we'll keep moving this forward and enjoying this time together talking about art and how we can become uh, better artists. So I've uh, been doing Inktober. Uh, We'll be talking about that later with uh, Joe Brown. And uh, so since the last podcast, I've done another, I guess, uh, 12 days, and they've been good. I'm going to not go through all of them. So um, I think the the swing I did, which was the panda on uh, day nine, was quite quite a hit. (laughs) And it's one of those things where I thought I just, I had to do a swing, but I had to make it fun. And once again, capturing that idea that, uh, you know, this is a moment in time. And maybe if you were there just a little bit beforehand, you may have caught some different activity. So um, I wanted to do a panda bear this year. I'm not sure why. I just think because it was uh, easier with uh, just the black and white. And uh, that was fun. It got quite a lot of feedback and uh, I I did enjoy doing it. The, The next day, I think it was next day, was pattern. And that was on the 10th. I really struggled with pattern. I wanted to do something a little bit different, so I went uh, bird's eye, literally, in drawing some farmer's fields and a uh, flock of uh, geese. We have a lot of Canadian geese flying overhead right now, where I'm located, heading south. And uh, so I thought I would do that. I really didn't spend a whack of time on it. And it was one of those days, I'll talk about another one coming up, where you just want to get something done, get it done, and move on to the next day. And uh, pattern was that day for me. Uh, snow, which was uh, three owls with a mother kind of protecting the two, was was fun. I, I love drawing owls. I've done them before with some degree of realism. These were a little bit more fun, and uh, I thought it would be kind of an interesting exercise in uh, combining the snow with the owls. The dragon was a, a little bit of a challenge. I did a dragon last year for Inktober as part of one of the uh, the prompts, and so I thought I'd get a little bit more fun with this and make it a bit more kind of cartoony. So this was my first attempt at drawing kind of cartoon dragons. So I thought it was okay. I um, I did like doing them. I think I would probably do it a little bit differently in the future. But it uh, once again, it, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, you know what? I, I maybe want to take this one a bit further. So I, I am going to explore it. I think after I'm done Inktober, just the idea of the dragons and maybe some of the stories in behind that. So the uh, the next day, which is Ash, I did not really click on. I ended up doing a kind of, you know, a volcano had erupted and there's ash and there's a, a a small plant coming up from the ash and that was on day 13. I didn't really work for me. Once again, it's one of those things I just got done and, and moved on. So the next day was overgrown, playing kind of on that idea that the, you know, the gas pumps are going away and being replaced by electricity and electric cars. 
Um, and you know, I thought that was kind of fun. We have an electric car. Um, and, uh, I thought that would be an interesting play as a matter of overgrown and where technology moves us forward. And, you know, some of the stuff ends up being uh, monuments to the past. So I thought that was kind of fun. The next day was, uh, the headless horseman legend of sleepy hollow. And, uh, I, that was great fun. I decided to include some red in addition to the black and the white this time. And uh, I really like that. I don't, um, I don't know where it came from. I thought I'd, and I, it was a bit of a challenge because I wanted to have kind of the moon on the right highlighting the horse, but I wanted some color on the left. So I decided that's where he's, that's where the pumpkin's going to be, and the pumpkin's going to glow red, and maybe that emits some of that red color onto the tree and to that's the uh, to the left side of the horse. So um, that's where I came from with that. I wanted uh, light on both sides, and so I used the flaming pumpkin uh, to get some of that what, uh, some of that red light onto the horse and to the tree, and that, and define the texture, which would be normally be completely black. The next one was the wild mushrooms, and that was uh, that was fun. I thought I would. Um, I don't know. I wanted to play with wild a little bit and I thought, well, wild mushrooms, you know? So I decided, you know, these mushrooms are having a party. So I Googled different kinds of mushrooms and started drawing them out. And I, uh, it was great fun. I think that I ended up doing part of this in a coffee shop. And while I was doing it, I was decided, you know, that maybe I'm going to give two of these mushrooms bums. (laughs) So I started drawing their bums and then it just, it got really weird for me because I was drawing them and uh, they had their little bums. And I was in a coffee shop and I was thinking, I wonder, and there was a, you know, a, a mother and, and her son walking around thinking, should I be covering this up? Like, there's nothing explicit in it, but I thought it was, I, I don't know, I was just having second thoughts, drawing mushroom butts in a coffee shop. So uh, kind of laughing at myself with that one. And it was through, actually through that uh, drawing that I ended up meeting uh, my guest that I have later on in the show, um, with Joe Brown, because she does some amazing stuff. So if you're just uh, listening to the show now, please stick around for the interview because the work that she has uh, done for the last few years as a professional illustrator is just mind-blowing. And uh, I do encourage you to stay around for that interview. So as a matter of the next few, ornament was a uh, Christmas ornament. I had Christmas ornaments inside a Christmas ornament. So there's a tree with ornaments inside that ornament. And then on the piano is an ornament, which is a kind of a music piece. And so I thought that would be kind of uh, Fun as well. The chubby raccoon was the misfit, and that was super quick, but got some uh, fun feedback. So I think I'm going to do a couple of other uh, fun ones um, in the next 11 days or so that we have left. The slingshot that the frogs are using to kind of defend the area against the tadpoles was, uh, once again, was, that was uh, an interesting exercise. Trying to get that frog uh, standing up in a way that it looks somewhat natural for a frog that has really long legs. Uh, was a bit tricky. And uh, the other thing I did was embedding the prompt right into the landscape so that you can see the prompt is almost like a sand um, castle, sand wording. I did that uh, in uh, Tread as well. And Tread is the the landing on the moon, the footprint. I decided to embed Tread in there as well as part of that uh, that image. So I think that all in all, it's been a, a decent October. It's been a, quite a bit more stressful than it was last year for me, but I've kept kind of pushing forward. For the last few, I've been posting uh, time-lapse videos, and people have been uh, kind of positive in receiving those, and so I think I'm going to try and keep doing that. I think it is helpful, especially with something like Tread, where I started off with two different designs, and you can see those. 
I didn't edit those out of the uh, of the drawing, and because I could do it in Procreate, it automatically saves the time lapse for me. So uh, I would encourage you to uh, to watch those, and um, if you learn something from it, that's great. Otherwise, they're just fun. They're only thirty seconds or so, but it represents typically. I mean, I'm spending about two hours, I guess, on each piece. So I'm going to keep the updates at that, and from here we'll go on to my interview with. Joe Brown, a.k.a. Bernoid, on Twitter. When I started taking my art seriously, I focused on nature, and still to this day it remains an inspiration for me. My guest is an artist and illustrator who has taken it to a whole new level in the work that she has done in capturing the world off the beaten path. Her art is unmistakable and has received millions of views on Twitter. Her drawings of an often hidden and sometimes alien world has inspired me and so many others. You may know her as Bernoid on Twitter. Welcome, Joe Brown. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hello. Yep, I'm fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the podcast. I know it was kind of short notice, but we ended up chatting back and forth through Twitter. I've been, I've been following your stuff, your work for so long, and I was thinking, you know, I, I need someone to talk about Inktober from a completely kind of different angle, and you were available, and you were so... I'm so pleased that you said yes to come on to the show. Because uh, to say I, I wouldn't have thought we could pull this together so quickly. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much for um for giving me the opportunity to do it. It's wonderful. I'm honoured. So you're a professional illustrator, I correct? Am. And so if we go back in time, do you remember when, as as a child, like when did you start drawing? As soon as I could hold a pencil. Oh really? Yeah, I remember when I was tiny. One of the first things my mum ever put in my hand was crayon. And um, I think, even though I can't remember a lot of the things that I drew when I was little, I think my parents noticed pretty soon on, and definitely my art teacher noticed in school, that, um, that there was something there. And were you, was there a kind of art that you liked drawing at that time? Or was there, um, were, were you mimicking or, or following any kind of, you know, cartoons or, or movies? Or were you just drawing nature? Or do you remember what inspired you at that point in time? I think a few of the things that inspired me. I do remember drawing Betty Boop quite a lot when I was little. The little head and the lips and everything. That was funny. This is a long, long time ago. And um, I remember drawing Snoopy as well. I think when you're really that little, you do look at all the cartoons. Hmm. Rhubarb and Custard, that was another one that I used to draw. But I used to draw a lot of figures and cartoons and sort of things like that when I was little. And then I... And then I found, yeah, then I found nature, and that was it. And about what age was that, do you think, when you... Uh... I've been interested in nature for a hell of a long time, but um, I'd say in the last 10 years, okay. I've been incorporating it into my work and essentially drawing what I love. And um, the journal and, and Inktober and everything, I'm not doing that to be paid. I don't get paid for that. I'm doing it because... Um, it's deeply, deeply personal, and it's an enormous part of my life. I'm just documenting what I see because it interests me. And maybe we should, for people who don't follow you on Twitter, they absolutely should. Uh, they can also find you on Instagram. But th the stuff that you're drawing is incredible. And it Thank is, you. I, I want to say it's mushrooms, but it's so much more. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit obsessed. <laughs> It's interesting. It, it is. And as I mentioned in the intro, like some of it looks like an alien world, like it could be from Avatar, right? You know, they obviously received some uh, inspiration from that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
you're interested in nature. Have you always lived in an area where that's accessible or has that changed for you over time? Um, yes, pretty much. I've spent a majority of my life um, down in South Devon where I grew up. I did spend a decade up near Leeds. Um, I relocated for work. But then um, in 2008, my father passed away, sadly. So um, I moved back down to be close to my mum and my brothers. And I, it's a um, small coastal town where I live in Dartmoor. It's just around the corner, and there's lots of uh, local woodlands as well. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely a small-town girl. It's so interesting when I look at, and we'll talk about your nature journal a bit later, but it's it's almost like you're creating an atlas for that area of the world. It's just, yeah, I just, it's absolutely fascinating to me. Everything I see when I'm out walking, I'm, my mind is completely empty. It's fantastic. I don't think about anything apart from what I'm seeing. And what I'm taking in, you know, when, I, when I'm amongst it all in the woods. And I think that's incredibly important. It's very, very important for my um, mental health to be able to switch off like that from, from everything. Because it gives me that inner stillness in order to, um, for the ideas, for the inspiration to manifest, to create the work that I do. I need peace, solitude. It's very important. And so... You- where you are, you're able to just walk out and, and uh, get into that environment fairly easily then? To a degree, yeah. Okay, I mean, that's good. A couple of the bigger walks, and obviously Dartmoor, I'd need to go in the car. There's a small woodland right next to me, and I'm pretty sure that I've uh, quadrupled the uh, bird population, considering the amount I feed them in my garden. <laughs> but I love it. I mean, I've got now, right now, I'm looking out the window, and I've probably got a dozen or up to 15 goldfinches going on and um you green princes and i've just seen a red admiral out the window wow that's but, uh... uh yeah that's this late i mean it's you know it was the end of october now and that's the fourth one i've seen this week wow that's incredible yeah uh yeah well, our butterflies have left uh I think I saw Monarch about a week ago, but, you know, we have frost now in the evening, so they, they better be well on their way to Mexico. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Man, I would love to see that migration. And when they all land, that would be incredible. Yeah, that is, uh, it would be incredible. At some point in life, maybe. <laughs> that's going to happen. Yeah, that's on the bucket list for me. That's awesome. So you're a professional illustrator. The stuff we see is obviously the stuff you want to share that, as you said, you're not getting paid for. So yeah. what kind of other work that you're doing that is, um, that you're not sharing on Twitter, uh, you know, examples of the kind of stuff that you're working on without being, you know, too detailed? Yeah, I do a lot of com- uh, commissions. My commissions, are, uh, uh, my private commissions are currently closed at the moment because <laughs> October is obviously an incredibly busy month for me. I literally don't have the time to fit anything else in. But I also have um, one of my main clients is a, a puzzle book publisher. And um, I do the illustrations inside Word Search magazines and uh, crosswords and, and things like that, little black and white illustrations. And I do those digitally. I use my Wacom tablet. Oh, okay. And I do those um, through Photoshop. That's the way I do um, my work for that client. But I must say that I prefer, much prefer... Um, traditional um, pen to paper type stuff, because I feel it's just got more soul. And so I was going to ask you about that. When it comes to uh, the mediums that you use, obviously, you know, as you mentioned, you have the Wacom that you use with Photoshop, but what is your preferred, the actual hardware that you use and paper that you use in doing some of your work? Just, you know, for the person listening right now, who's, who's enjoying illustration and wondering what somebody like you uses, what is that? 
I'll draw on anything, me. <laughs> I will. I do like to draw online, as you can probably see yes. from, the, um, from my nature. So it doesn't matter what the paper is. It could be a newspaper. It could be a bit of cardboard. I'm not bothered. I, I don't. I don't really know about fancy paper. Obviously, I know that a nice fat GSM won't be leaking through to the back and whatnot. But I, I'll draw on anything with regards to um, what I draw with. Um, pen and ink is um, is my preferred method, and um, I, you know, dip pen, Indian ink, and I use um, Pigra Micron and Faber Castell, and what are these ones? Uh, Faber Castell, all sorts of different fine liners, really thin fine liners, rotring, um, some Japanese brush pens. Also, I'm cro- I can never have enough pens. <laughs> yeah, because when I look at your work and you know you zoom into the detail, it's amazing. Like you spend really fine nibs, stupid fine nibs, like not not three and things like that. So do you use? Uh, so I mean, you're all over the place. Brush pens. Do you use fountain pens as well, or more the illustrative kind of micron? Micron, really. Okay, and you know that's the thing I think found I found interesting about because it's one of your posts there that where you review your your nature journal, and we can talk about that a little bit later. But yeah. what I found interesting about that is people get so fixated on I have to have the right book, the right paper. Did you get the journal? <laughs> That's the question I have been asked. Right. Probably, and I'm not exaggerating here. Pretty much every day since I started the journal. Where did you get the Where did you get the journal? Where did you get it? I'll tell you where I got it. I typed it in A6 journal into Amazon. That's what I did. And it's it's so like the journal that you you bought isn't intended for the purpose that you use it for, right? Like it is. No, not at all. And that's what I think is is so, uh, I mean, you basically, I mean, you're very specific about the, the tools, like the pens and the, and the pencils you use. But when it comes I to like the- I like chaos quite neat. I'm relatively lazy, messy. So if I was to use paints, I just wouldn't care up the palettes and I'd, it would just get everywhere and I'd smudge it into the paper and I'd just go mental. So with pens and markers, if I'm doing a, a colour illustration, I do love the Copic markers they're um absolutely lovely beautifully blend together and but they're neat and tidy to put a cap on and that's it done that's awesome and so you're not as you said you're not very specific about the paper and that's what i think is great about this i could see i mean you do see some people who just open up a novel and will draw something on one of the pages yeah i think it's interesting and when i look at your nature journal it's I don't know what it is. It feels like, you know, I had to capture this right now, and this is where I'm putting it. And if it was just on plain white paper, it would have a completely different feel to it. And I can't even describe how it it feels like that you just had to get it out, right? And this is where I'm putting it. It was very visceral. It um, worked like that to me. I need to get it down. And it doesn't matter what I get it down on, but I do have to consider the medium I use for the journal. I specifically use Charisma. Um, colour pencils by Beryl for my journal because obviously colour pencils won't bleed through the paper. I can't use anything else. It'll bleed through. Right. But um, they discontinued Charismas in 2005 and I was devastated. I've got a box of 108 and I, I cherish them. I'm getting pretty low on my greens now. Uh-oh. Uh, do you have a, a strategy? <laughs> well, I asked a few of my artist friends, people that I admire, people's work I admire on Twitter and um, someone got back to me, Lyco Morpha on Twitter has got, oh, she's absolutely brilliant. She's got a brilliant, brilliant talent there. She suggested um, 
Faber-Castell polychromous um, coloured pencils. That's what she uses. Right. And I must say, they are good. So I've, I've, I've had to start on the greens for um, with them because my charismas are starting to turn into little stumps now. Yeah, I would. Uh, I went out and bought a set of those about two months ago, and they were a huge uh, step up from the stuff I was using before that, where the, the lead wasn't centered in the pencil and they were breaking often. And It's so important to have the right pencils. It really is. And a good sharpener as well. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And and what I'll do is is in the show notes I'll provide links to the Nature Journal and some of the work that you've done with the colored pencil because uh, as I said like for the person listening right now you have to go and see your work to understand what we're talking about because it is um, it it does look alien and the colors are so vivid compelling especially the Nature Journal when it comes to if we can go back to the drawing like what if you decide I'm I'm going to draw today what is the ritual is you know including like you go out and you decide, I want to capture something in the woods, you'll go out and take multiple photographs? Like, how do you... Oh, yeah, I'll take as many photographs as I can. But I think what captures my imagination and my inspiration when I decide to do a page in the journal is seeing something brilliant. Like um, yesterday, I saw... um, Oh, what is it? A new species of um, cordyceps that's really rare... And I came across it the other day and I didn't know what it was. I took a sample home. And when I looked it up the night before, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. So I went back the next day to the same words and I found two more. I was so it was brilliant. So that's going to be the next page of the journal. No doubt. That's given me the the drive to draw. And um, that has to be there. I, you cannot force the mojo. I have to be in the mood to draw. And sometimes I lose it. I lose my mojo completely, and it's horrible. It's a very, very empty, flat feeling. So the only thing that's taught me is when it does arrive, and when I do feel like it, I draw and draw and draw and draw until it disappears. It doesn't matter what time of day it is, because I know that that feeling is fleeting. Interesting. I mean, I think that's the challenge with artists, right, is we get to a point where we feel like we are, you know, creatively bankrupt or just empty. And Oh, it happens to me all the time. I always um, go, it's it's waves, it's never constant. It's always there at the back of your mind. And, and sometimes, you know, but a walk does help. If I feel like that sometimes, and I have to draw, like for Inktober, or if I'm on a deadline, it doesn't matter how you feel. You have to draw because, you know, you've got to do it. I take a walk, I go out for a walk, and it clears my head. And then I feel more prepared to, um, to begin because, um, you know, it's just like I have a little break from reality and I'll just chill out here for a bit in silence and focus my thoughts and you know try and channel the um emptiness into uh you know into something something better now the you mentioned they're cordyceps is that what you found is that how you pronounce it yeah yeah cordyceps cordyceps and then they're a type of mushroom yes it is a type of mushroom it's cordyceps the one I found yesterday was cordyceps Longi segmentis. I don't know if I've pronounced that properly. And it's a specific to um, truffles. They grow up, they par- they're parasitic fungus. They grow out of, um, these ones grow out of truffles. Oh, really? No, no, it's just brilliant. They grow out of insects as well. They're insect specific. So you get a different cordyceps for a specific insect. And they zombify the insect. They take over its brain Ooh. with their um, mycelium. And they, they force it to climb up where it n- normally wouldn't. And then they, then the fruiting bodies burst out of it, and then they're carried off by the breeze. It's it's pretty macabre, but um, quite cool. 
I'm going to put you on the spot here. How many different kinds of, let's say, mushrooms have you drawn, do you think? I, it seems endless. <laughs> in October, in the journal or in general? In general. In general. God, like, no. But um, I, pretty much, I pretty much kept it to mushrooms that I've seen. Okay. There's only, there's only a few. Obviously, I've drawn a few that I haven't seen for, you know, various purposes and whatnot. Right. But um, when I did the mushroom chart, which you can find on my Instagram, Devon Mushrooms, all of those ones are collections of what they're not everything. Still, I couldn't fit everything on the um, on the page, obviously, but they're a collection of ones that I've seen personally. I like to draw things that I have seen, photographed myself, and I go off my own photograph. I'm no fan of just trawling through, you know, Google Images and picking something to draw because I didn't take that photograph. Right. Somebody else did. So I like it to be mine entirely. So I think that's um, got a big part to play in the things that I draw. And have you done any plain error drawing, like just sitting in the woods and, and doing that? Or is, is your routine more around capturing with photos and then heading back to where all your tools are located? The latter. That's okay. my routine. Uh, because I've got a dog and um, there's lots of distractions and stuff. Right. Uh, to be honest, I'm pretty much 90% of the time rum- rummaging around in hedges, finding weird stuff. <laughs> and um, I just it would just get messy. I'd bend the paper and it would, yeah. Right. Yeah, I can appreciate that. <laughs> so when it comes to the um, to Inktober, uh, let's talk that through a little bit because you've been doing it for a while. Like this is not, this is, you're doing it this year, but this is not your first year at it, right? This is my fourth year. I discovered Inktober in um, 2015 and I wanted to take part, but it got to a couple of days before and I chickened out. I didn't do it. I was too scared. It was enormous. It was a huge challenge and I, I just didn't, I didn't think I was capable. So in 2016, I did it because I would have regretted it if I hadn't have done it again. It's scared the hell out of me so that's why i did it so for somebody who's listening and isn't doing it but has thought about doing it do you think it's really something to be scared about there's nothing wrong with being scared um i have learned and i'm fast learning fast that if it scares me but i want to do it Mm -hmm. i've got to do it that's the indicator if it scares you do it there's nothing wrong with being plagued with self-doubt because that's your indicator that you need to do the thing that scares you and that's why i did it and it has made me a better artist and i think that the fact that you've done it every year now means that maybe you're hooked or you feel that it's added value to what you do as an illustrator it's important for my own focus uh i need to set myself challenges i um i spend a lot of time on my own and alone so i i don't often get sort of other people to bounce off so i need to focus and doing inktober every day is absolutely mad focus and the range of emotions that i experienced when i first did it that roller coaster of euphoric highs and oh my god this day's awful lows and there's hits and misses there's loads of ones that i don't like i'm satisfied with you know two or three in the first year it's i'm not going to lie it's a very very difficult challenge well for me at least it's not easy it's really hard but i am absolutely determined to finish when i begin i have to see it through that's what it's saying to me because when you finish you have something complete it's complete in its entirety and you've worked hard at it and you should be proud of yourself and i always am but that euphoric feeling that you get at the end that pride it's momentary that dissipates it goes away so you need to find something else to be interested in it's the only way to evolve 
Right. Now, is the prompts something that you follow every year? Because uh, I noticed this year you're not, right? Yeah, I've gone feral this year. I, th- <laughs> I, thought, I think I was ready. Um, the first three years, I followed the prompts. Okay. Um, because the first year, I thought I'll do it the way everybody else is doing it, part, part of the community. And it, it's great fun to see what other people's ideas are for that specific name. I tried to think of the most obscure things, like um, things that potentially not other people would think of. For instance, I think, what was it, the first year, I watched a documentary on Japanese uh, fishermen uh, a couple of months before 2016's Inktober. Was it 2016? Yeah. And um, they were using um, cormorants right. to help fish. Yes. So they'd have the cormorants on the side of their boat and they'd du- with a rope around their neck loosely and they'd dive down and they'd get the fish and they'd pull them back and um, they'd take the fish that they'd got and they'd give them one as a treat. Yes. And the day two, I think it was. No, day three was collect. And I thought, what can I do for collect? What can I do for collect? And I thought, oh. That corporate's collecting that fish for the fisherman, and I thought that was quite um quite a cool idea. So I was really happy with that day. That's very clever. <laughs> I love seeing when people do that. You're not using the prompts this year, so what is? How do you focus day to day? I'm just winging it. <laughs> I had the idea. A lot of people ask me, "Did you plan all this out? Have you have you done a rough? Have you done the whole drawing? Did you have this idea?" Um, I had an idea in my head. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And it involved mushrooms and a few trees and possibly some tours in the background. That's in my head. I'm just winging it as I put it down on paper. So I'm looking at uh, as of kind of day 17 and it is uh, it is brilliant. <laughs> it's I, I look at it and I think because uh, I'm following the prompts this year and I've uh, I've really found it hard. There are there are two or three prompts that I just they're almost too specific and not giving you kind of the latitude to explore it a little bit. These prompts are difficult this year. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know, like today is Tread. Uh, so today is uh, October 20th as we're recording. And uh, today is Tread, which I haven't started yet. I usually try and do it the night before or the day before. I'm exactly the same as you. That's my little trick. I always do the artwork the night, the evening or the day before, or else my head would explode. The yeah. pressure, I wouldn't be able to cope with it. Yeah, that's that's the rest of my day. because i uh i'm gonna edit this podcast so it's up on uh tomorrow the 21st and then i have to do tread and then i don't even know what monday is right now but uh i'm popping uh it's treasure it was treasure yeah Yeah, treasure treasure will be easy treasure yeah treasure's not so different treasure's not as hard as tread yeah tread was uh i I had a problem with uh i think dragon turned out okay but ash was hard Uh, yeah it's because I didn't want to draw anything with smoking, so it was—I uh, don't know—it was—it was challenging. It really makes your mind work, doesn't it? Yeah. Trying to think of an idea and build the composition in your mind—it really makes you think. And when you haven't got that idea, it's so frustrating because you're running out of time. Well, and uh, you know, as opposed to like you're doing all yours with um, ink and paper, I'm doing mine digitally. Right. Yeah. And uh, the only reason I'm doing that. Or not the only reason. I enjoy the digital work as well as uh, ink on paper and, and paint and all that stuff. But the, the reason I do it digitally is because I have a, a full-time job and carrying my iPad around with a pencil is easy. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that I can, you know, sketch something at lunch or whatever the case. But the other advantage with it is it's, I'm going to say easier, but um, because you're working on layers and you've worked with Photoshop. Apple Z, Apple Z, Apple Z. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's, you know, just... Switching between layers, trying something out. Now I'm going to hide this one. 
try something new. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that that's uh, it, it. It's been fun, but man, there are some days. Even with tread, I'm not sure where I'm gonna. I think I know where I'm gonna go with it, but uh, and it, it's so odd because you, you spend all this time, right? So I, I the one I did yesterday was what was it? Oh, a sling, and that probably maybe two two and a half hours on it. And then you yeah. po- and you post it to social media, and it's okay if you don't like for for the person listening. Like if you don't post it, it's good. But the thing that's that's really weird about it is that you post it right, and then you're like, you want to sit back and say, "I'm done," you know? I, yeah. I I hope people enjoy it. I'm done. But you don't have that time because now you got to think no, about tomorrow. You're not done. <laughs> right. It's next, next, next. <laughs> you can't sit back and think, wow, I did. I'm really proud of this one, right? I really like the way I did this shape or this particular area. And it's like, no, yeah, no, yeah. That, no time for that. That's, that's the past. You got to look forward. 2017 Zinktober, I got um, a horrendous abscess in underneath my tooth in the middle of it. Oh, and I was in absolute agony. I was crying. I hadn't slept for two days because, you know, there's nothing worse than toothache. But an abscess, the pain just doesn't go away. And I still managed to get my get my piece done. It was on the 20th, it was, deep. And I had a great idea of doing the Mariana Trench. Okay. And, um, the, you know, those sort of like gas tube things, all those crabs and stuff crawl on, all that life down there. Yeah, around the heat. I and- had the idea, and I was like, yeah, I'll do that deep. Yeah, that's brilliant. And it's absolutely crap. But I did explain on Instagram and on Twitter. I was like, just by the way, guys, I've got a really bad abscess, so this is terrible. But at least I did it. I still did it. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think it doesn't have to be perfect. There's like my my one I did for Ash. I am not proud of it, but people seem to like it. Yeah, some people like the ones that you hate. That's just the nature of the beast. But there's no there's no point in striving for for perfection in Inktober. You simply don't have the time. If you don't like it, it doesn't matter. You've got to move on, and that's an important lesson to learn. You don't have to be satisfied with what you've done. It doesn't matter the nature of it is to improve your skills. And with time, what with like a fine wine, because you will only ever improve with age. You're not going to get worse. Right. And I, yeah, exactly. That's the point is, is to motivate you to draw something every day. And yeah. I think the whole point in posting at the social media is to maybe keep you accountable to your to yourself, right? By posting it and of sharing course, it. Of course, it's a challenge to yourself. And I think the you know, we're at day 20, so there's 11 days left. How, how what's your confidence level for this Inktober? In kind of- oh, I'm starting to get really drained now, and I'm, I'm wait, I'm looking forward to the end. I'm not, not gonna lie, but I'm really happy with what I did. And, um, one of the, um, the questions you, um, you popped in that email to me was, um, are there any things that you'd like to try? And, uh, what I'm doing now, Rinktober is something that I have always wanted to try. I um, have no patience. As an artist, I have no patience whatsoever. If I haven't finished it in a day, I'm bored of it. I want to do something different. So I've never done a massive like A2 or A1 huge artwork with a load of detail because it's too overwhelming. I can't because I'll be on it for months. Right. So the reason that I came up with the idea and sort of to do one portion of a big artwork each day and actually watch in front of me as it starts to materialize, I'm thinking that's the way. But 
it's it's funny really I, I wouldn't do that I wouldn't challenge myself on my own to do that because it, it's frustrating I don't have the patience but when October comes around you start to think right I'm in this and I'm in this all month what can I do what can I do next what can I do this different from last year how can I improve and then you know then it was born and yeah it's going well but it's it's hard man it is a struggle yeah i think that uh your approach and i think it's what jake did last year is this year and he's not even following his own prompts right uh this year yeah. either and so i think i'm really captivated by what you've done for this year in that i'm thinking maybe next year i should do it differently maybe that that idea of 31 components to a larger yeah uh, yeah it's the first time i've done it and i'm really really enjoying it but you nobody has to follow the prompts right. it's just a guideline yeah and i think that uh at least that way you have, well, I shouldn't say it like it's easy, but you have a theme that at least you're working towards, right? So I have a theme. It's important to have that. Up until two weeks before Inktober, I didn't have the idea. I didn't have an idea. And I was stressing out, shall I follow the prompts? What should I do? Blah, blah, blah. And it's stressful. So you need to go into it with an idea. But if you don't have an idea and you go into it, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter because ideas are born throughout it in your own head. So. If somebody is listening and hasn't done Inktober before, what would your advice be for someone who's maybe a bit scared to try it? Do it. <laughs> Do it. Because it's not a competition. It's not. It's you're doing this for yourself. You're not doing it for anybody else. That's what you've got to believe and understand and realize in your own head about Inktober. You are doing Inktober for you. You're not drawing for anybody else. So it doesn't matter what theirs looks like or what they've done. And try not to compare, you know, just immerse yourself in your own work and satisfy yourself. Yeah, and I think that's that's the thing I've seen on a few of the I've I joined a couple of Facebook groups around Inktober and it's it's really disheartening to see some of the artists who don't consider themselves as good as others to be, you know, saying things like, I'm not going to post anymore because, you know, the people here are just too good and you could see their motivation being hit by seeing all these other pieces of work. It's, I get it. I, yeah, I've seen I've seen evidence evidence of that too. And it's uh, it's just it's disheartening because it's this isn't the point. It's not who's going to win the competition. It's where you, where are you going to be in thirty one days, right? Exactly where you're going to be. Exactly. It doesn't matter about anyone else. Where are you going to be? The ultimate goal and the prize and the reward in this challenge is pride in yourself. Right. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I think when you're in that sort of path of negative thoughts and negative emotions and comparisons and constant looking online to see who's better than you, turn the computer off and go outside. Change that thought process and try and center on yourself. Just be selfish for a little while. And think about what you want to do. Yeah, and I think that, you know, in the way you've challenged yourself in doing this large picture, people need to do the same. And I've done it. I tend do you to think so? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that, like, I tend to do realism is my focus normally. Yeah. And so Inktober has been, that's why, like, I did, my first Inktober was last year. And for me, the biggest thing I learned is, you know what, I can draw stuff that isn't real. And even with this year, um, for Sling Yesterday, I have some frogs. And these frogs are standing like people. <laughs> and I've I've drawn a lot of frogs, but they are photorealistic, both in, in pencil and, and digital. And so for, how did that go for you then, doing the standing ones? Well, it's it's hard to figure out how their legs would work. <laughs> so, I guess they're stood up and they're so ridiculously long. Yes. And it's it's hard to 
um, I, I think I got it figured out, but it was like, how much mass do I put in their arms, right? How big are their arms? And because of the detail, I couldn't really show their fingers except to suggest that maybe there's some length there, but it's like, are they going to stand totally upright or is there going to be a slight bend to their legs if they were standing upright? So this kind of exploration, I think I was frustrated with, but when I finally finished and I only, th- I think I only have one frog that's standing. When I finally finished it, I was like, you know what? I- I'm okay with my frog. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all right with that. Brilliant. Next. <laughs> so I think like, and, and maybe even, you know, for, for the artist who's listening and hasn't done Inktober, what's the harm in starting today or tomorrow? There isn't any harm. There really isn't. It doesn't matter. You should never, you should never think that you're a failure because you're an artist and you're not doing Inktober or you're an artist or you want to do Inktober or you're not an artist and you, you've missed a day, you've missed a week or you didn't get to do that. There's no point in beating yourself up about it. It's just for you. Like the other challenge I think people have as well is uh, some may think that Inktober is just for, and I'm doing air quotes here, artists, you know, people that where this is their profession. And this is, I, I did a previous episode about, you know, you know, around titles and, and, and how do you see yourself and, and how do you categorize yourself? I worry that people are looking to say, I'm not an artist. I just draw for fun. But I would suggest that if you are creative and putting ideas down on paper, you're an artist. And so I don't think Inktober is restricted to people who are illustrators, artists. No, uh, I don't think so either. I completely agree with you. It doesn't matter if you're an artist or not. It doesn't matter if you can't draw or not. It's fun. It is fun. It's fun. (laughs) But it's not easy. But it's still fun. If you see what I mean. At 20 days into it, are you going to do something similar next year, do you think? Compared- no, I do. <laughs> I pretend October doesn't exist until <laughs> mid-September or else I just die in a heap of anxiety on the floor crying. I I cannot think about next year because it's so enormous. Okay. But all I do know is I must take part. Even if I don't want to, I'm in it now. I'm in it for the duration. I'm going to do it every year. It is. Um, it's it's very addictive. It, uh, it is. It is. You're right. Once, once you do it once, the only way that I think I couldn't do it or I wouldn't do it is if I was in a situation where I could isolate myself from social media for, you know, probably 45 days. Yeah. So I wouldn't see anyone else's work because it would just drive me crazy to think yeah. that I can't do yeah. it. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's your process, you crack on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, I, I really hope that more people do this. And I think. Maybe the other bit I want to talk about here is, and I had a couple of people send me messages through uh, various kind of social media channels saying, you know, I'm not doing it this year. It's not a good time of year for me. What do you suggest for the rest of the year? And I think that maybe is a good talking point for us is once you get past Inktober, whether you've done it or not, are you aware of anything else or would you make any suggestions to people between now and next October that allows them to focus on their drawing? If you didn't do October and you missed it and it's November 1st and it's like, oh, I'm going to have to wait till next year. And then these people don't draw for three or four months. Do you think there's value in a routine? I mean, it's just, it's too bad there isn't something that is more, um, you know, people have done a sketch a day, which I think is, you know, a lot of people have done that where it's not so much focus on ink, but but graphite. Do you yeah. think there is, is there something that we can do as artists, at least for the people who are who are starting out or intermediate? To be able to maybe just draw something every week, like is that's another reason I started the journal because um, I uh, I see so many things and nature is such a big part of my life. I want to draw 
in that. I want to keep it continuous. And the fact that it's there and it's all in one place is, is great because I can, you know, flick through the pages and I learn so much. That is how I'm managing my, um, my focus and my um, motivation to draw. Do you think that other people should do something like that? Maybe, you know, if people aren't motivated by nature, and I don't know why you would be, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> Everybody's different. <laughs> that's right. That's okay. That's is, okay. <laughs> is there an advantage in people having a drawing journal? Do you think I that? Think yeah, definitely. I'm just, I'm just speaking from experience here, but that, as well as Inktober, has made me a better artist because I've done it purely for myself. The fact that it's gained popularity online and I've got more recognition is absolutely brilliant, but it's deeply personal. And um, I'm finally in my career beginning to be recognized for the stuff that I like to draw for myself and um, slowing down on the stuff that I have to draw for other people. And I think that's what's really interesting about the artists where this is your job, uh, you know, whether it's an artist, an illustrator, whatever the case, is the stuff that we see. And it's, you know, you've talked about it yourself, but it happens with other artists too. The stuff that we see is not necessarily the stuff you're getting paid for. No. And so it's almost like an alter ego, right? We see the real you. Yeah, yeah, this is the, the Twitter's, Bernoy's the real me. That's my, <laughs> that's my real art. But um, there's a lot of work that I don't post, or I'm asked not to post. A few commissions, a few clients say, do you mind not putting this on social media? I want to keep this under wraps until next year or whatever. And that's totally fine. I get quite a few of them. That's absolutely okay. I mean, they're paying you for the work. It's not necessarily something that they want to share in advance, especially if it's larger, some part of something larger, right? So, yeah, yeah. Are, are there mediums that you would like to explore that you haven't? Like, have you thought about watercolor, acrylics? Have you done that before? Is there? I've tried them all. Okay, I'm I'm set on okay. um on my mediums now. <laughs> I fa- I found my pens, <laughs> and um, I've uh, that, that doesn't mean to say that I won't. You know, every now and then do something a bit different. Or, but um, I'm pr- when I'm doing an artwork, I'm I'm pretty um, confident that the medium that I'm using is the medium that I was meant for. When I have artists on the podcast, I always want to be able to kind of address homework for people. Is there some homework that you would give out to people who are uh, to, to someone who's starting out or intermediate artists to help move them forward? Is there something you would suggest as homework for them? Well, as people who follow me online. Well, um, obviously, no. I started uh, my nature journal. Uh, what year is it? 2018 in April, I started it. And that, for me, is a brilliant motivator for, um, for an illustrator, for an artist, for you know, anyone who wants to be creative and keep, keep a record. It's done absolute wonders for me, and it's made me a better artist. And all I do is um, I just go out into the garden or I go for a walk. I always take my camera and I have a look around. And there's always something interesting to see, always. And I take as many photos in the field as I can. And then my process is I come home to my studio, to my home studio, and I copy the, um, the photographs that I've taken as best I can, obviously using a little bit of artistic license here and there, because why not? And... Um, you know, that doesn't mean to say that I don't make mistakes, but, you know, I just um, hide them better these days, you know. <laughs> but what did Bob Ross say? There are no mistakes. There are just happy accidents. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I love him. So your suggestion would be something like a, a journal? Because I think what's, 
and the whole journal stuff and the sketchbook stuff people get and there's a lot of difference of opinion with all of that but what yeah. i really love about yours is as as we talked about earlier like you're not focused on because you're using colored pencil you don't have to worry about the league through or anything right yeah um so the paper that you're on is it intended as an artist's journal no and, <laughs> and i think that's brilliant and the fact that it's not just a picture of a mushroom you have text around that that may describe what you're looking at or that day or whatever the case and i think yeah, that yeah. what people need to do is, is 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 free themselves up a little bit to think that and i've done it myself i started a couple sketchbooks and i was drawing you know i drew a dragonfly and um a couple of other things as well and once again all around nature and i was thinking i need to cut these out and frame them and i'm thinking ah, i shouldn't be doing that i should keep them in the book and this becomes a sketchbook and that's that's, right. that's yeah. really hard to stop right it's hard to, to when you're drawing something to think i'm going to frame this someday maybe not like maybe that is maybe you do a different one that's on watercolor paper and you do it with watercolor or whatever the case but keeping it in the sketchbook having that freedom to just throw some text down you know taking that mushroom from three or four different angles and drawing it differently we have to be i think less regimented in how we treat our paper and our tools right definitely definitely i completely agree just that sense of freedom you don't have to stick to one subject you don't have to put all the information down. If you're not interested in that, you don't have to write it down. I write down the things that I find are really interesting. And I also write down a few of the key, you know, factors of, of that species, a plant or of that animal and stuff. But for the most part, it interests me. And um, yeah, it's great. It's a great sort of way to continuously develop your um, your skill set. Right. 100% agree. So, Joe, where can people find you? I know that you have a brilliant website where people can look at purchasing some of your work. Where's, where's the easiest place for people to find you? Well, like you said, um, my website, in a, in a few weeks, actually, or maybe a month, I'm having my website completely redesigned because it's pretty old school and I'm not the best at coding myself. But, you know, I better just mention that might be down for a few weeks, but that's um, one place to see my selection of work, um, theartofjbrown.com and um, T-A-O-J-B on Instagram, which is an acronym for the Art Joe Brown and Bernoid on Twitter. And that's that's pretty much it. I'm not on Facebook. I hate it. <laughs> so I'll, I'm going to include links to all of that in the show notes, as well as uh, all the uh, topics that we covered and some of the materials and all that as well. Is there anything else? One more thing. Sorry, I've just, just realized I've got two Instagram accounts. One for my artwork and in the bio of my artwork one, my TAOJB, is um, my um, nature photographs, the pobble. Okay. So <laughs> I put my nature pictures in there. I will include that link as well. Well, thank you so much, Joe Brown, a.k.a. Bernoid. <laughs> <laughs> for uh, joining me on the podcast this week. It's been wonderful having you on. I've learned so much and I'm going to continue to learn so much just by following you and observing oh, your work. thank you so much. It's been wonderful to chat to you. Thanks again and uh, enjoy the rest of Inktober. <laughs> yeah, I will do. You too. Okay, thanks, Joe. Thank you. Show notes, including links to everything we discuss, can be found at drawinginspiration.fm slash 13. You can find links to all my social media accounts at drawinginspiration.fm, including my Instagram, which is Mike underscore Hendley. I post all my work and works in progress on Instagram, including my Inktober drawings. Follow me or tag me so I can see some of your wonderful work. Thanks for joining us this week, and keep drawing. 
Theme music for this podcast is Acid Jazz, provided by Kevin McLeod. Thank you.